our honorary So Connected co-host, Anissa, from Mama Goes Beyond. Catherine is traveling with her family in India right now, and she will hopefully be publishing a bonus episode on today's topic so we can hear her thoughts as well. Anissa introduced herself back in episode 38, if you want to re-listen to that. Thank you so much for being here with us, Anissa. I am so glad to be here chatting with a fellow Intentional Living Junkie. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started with our conversation about our intentions for the year, let's check in about how it's going. What are your highs and lows right now, Sarah? We have landed in New Zealand. It's fun to get to chat with you because the last time we chatted, I was at the very beginning of this trip, and now we're approximately in the middle of our trip. And New Zealand is such a magic fairyland with its thick clouds and seafoam green water and fresh air, and you can just buy bread at the gas station, and it's delicious (laughs) with hardly any ingredients, and the bread molds very quickly because there are no preservatives in it, which is very refreshing and appreciated. And there are these rolling green hills. So it's really been the perfect place for my introverted self. I find it really calming and really soul filling. Oh, that is awesome. 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 So it sounds like there couldn't possibly be lows in there, (laughs) but I know the way life is probably something's going on. So what's up? Yes, yes. Uh, My low is that we are dealing with some really big behaviors at our house right now. The behaviors started when the boys enrolled in school in Australia, and even though they really liked going to school every day and had huge smiles going in and when we picked them up at the end of the day, I still think that it was creating a lot of anxiety in one child in particular just to go be going to school and sort of dealing with um, everything that comes from trying to socialize in a new environment in particular and just takes so much courage, I think, to walk into a new situation like that. And it was easier to handle the behaviors at that point because Matt and I were having these lovely days of of freedom. Um, And then I thought that the anxiety would stop once school stopped because it had started with school. I thought it would stop with school. But the anxiety and the big meltdowns are continuing. Um, So it leaves me feeling rather ineffective uh, because I'm not particularly strong at handling those situations because I can get so activated easily myself. And so I and I also don't really like being bad at things. So it's kind of a perfect storm of like, ah, but it's okay. It's still the all the highs greatly outweigh the lows, so I cannot complain. Oh, that is hard though. It, I, I feel like that was one of my, my big lessons as a mom that like behavior, you know, so often is just related to the, the kids not okay. You know, as adults, we're not allowed to have tantrums anymore, but we probably would <laughs> if we could. And uh, yeah, that is rough. And I think for someone like me who is particularly controlling and like that's the negative way to say it the positive way to say it is I'm someone who likes to write my own life and create my own life and I go to great lengths to try to set up the conditions for myself to flourish and others to flourish around me but there's a limit to to how I can do that or what I can do to make that happen so that's been hard that that would be hard What about you? I'm excited to hear how things are going for you. Well, things have been really good. It was a great December. Um, I actually got some solo travel in for the first time since my kids were born. I mean, totally solo travel, not with friends, not with um, just my partner. I went by myself to Los Angeles for a big weekend. I checked some stuff off my bucket list. Um, I ran a Spartan race. I graduated from this coaching program that I have been working on for uh, a year. Um, and so it was like this major high. And then I came home and it was Christmas time and the weather in Vegas has been unreal. It was like 68 degrees on Christmas day. Um, and of course it's, it's sunny here all the time and stuff. So now I feel like I'm having a little bit of the letdown from that. You know, just sort of the natural of like you had your peak experience. Um, you had your holiday time 
and now it's not Christmas day anymore because it can't be Christmas every day. And so I'm just feeling a little bit of that like funk that I think so many of us get like when, okay, it's January and um, you know, and, and the weather is not cooperating. It's gotten cloudy again. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of trying to remind myself that, you know, life goes in cycles like this and everything can't be, you know, Christmas day, like I said. And so this is a great time to sort of relax a little bit, get a little quiet, plan some new um, adventures to have next year and, and kind of just calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know that this time of year can be really hard for people too for a lot of different reasons, for things they have going on in their families or in their lives or um, people who don't even necessarily have big challenges, like if just having children uh, be home from school for such a long time. I know you homeschool, but other families that are not used to having that much 24-7 family time. And then also for any of our friends who are living in um, climates where it's the days are really short and it's really gray and it's really cold, like that can like add these layers of complication to this period of time between the holidays and the and the new year. But your your time in Los Angeles sounds amazing. It was totally amazing. It was great. And, you know, and there's not even necessarily anything wrong with the time now. That's what I keep, you know, reminding myself that, you know, it's okay to have a day that's just kind of a little ho-hum or a day that you feel a little down. I think I am somebody who, um, you know, tends a little bit toward the perfectionistic and towards the, you know, I'm going to seek out joy on purpose. And if I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to go lift yes. some weights, or like meditate or, you know, make it better. And then it doesn't always have to be better. You can have just like a couple of down days and that's okay. Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. And I'm working on that myself as well. Now let's talk about today's topic. 2023, ready or not, here we come. This podcast is turning three today, and we start every year with this conversation because the process of intention setting is really important for anyone who seeks to build a life of purpose, joy, and community. So it's definitely something, friends, you can expect at the top of every year on this podcast. So let's get started today. Anissa, can you start by answering this question? What was your process for setting intentions this year? So... I always start um, with a review of the previous year, and to be honest, this this takes me forever. <laughs> I have, you know, I I you know I write a blog as we said, and I would love to encourage people to do this process because I think it's so great. But there's no way to make it like quick and easy. It takes me a really long time. I go, I take about pretty much the month of December to go through. I look first at um, usually my photos because that's fun. Um, I go back through my calendar, through my journals, through the big projects that I did for work and just kind of review everything that happened. Because at the end of the year for me, the year is always a blur, no matter how, you know, I might remember like one cool thing I did. Um, and then when you go back and look, oh my gosh, there are just, there's so much amazing stuff that happened. There's so much there's so many places where I'm I'm proud of myself for the way I made it through a situation that frankly I'd forgotten about. Um, and so I just, I, I go through and just kind of get the data. Then I make some lists of places that I can celebrate, things where that felt like struggles for me. And then the hardest list is the places where I feel like I fell short, where I kind of dropped the ball. And I think that just gives me a really good foundation for like, okay, this is what happened. Um, now that I have reviewed what happened, now I can see kind of where I want things to go next year. Um, and then I've got just a series of prompts that I've used for years that I go through and they cover everything. Again, still takes some time um, from like the habits that I want to start and stop, um, adventures that I want to take because I'm always trying to remind myself to, to plan for fun and adventure. Um, even things like negative beliefs about myself that I want to let go of in the year. So, you know, it's not just like a big goal setting, like resolution session. It's like, let's put a bow on the year that just happened. And then, you know, in all aspects of my life um, to keep it balanced, what do I want to do next year? And the thing I love about this process that you're describing is I think it can be potentially limiting if you simply reflect on your year based on what you set out to do 
because that assumes that you picked the right things. And I think part of this process is constantly letting go of things and realizing, like, I said I wanted to do this, but you know what? This other stuff came into my life that made that set of things less of a priority, and that's okay. I'm actually not going to feel bad. I'm going to celebrate the things that did come in, and then I'm going to, like, step back on this full picture to kind of decide where I want to go next year. Exactly. And yeah, what I tend to forget is the extenuating circumstances. I get to the end of the year and I can go, oh yeah, we went to Legoland and that was fun. And oh yeah, I said I was going to do this thing and I didn't do it. And that's what I remember. But I miss all the other stuff. This thing that happened with my kids that I had to address when it happened. I had a breast cancer scare this year that, you know, took like a month of my life with like biopsies and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't thinking about, you know, my list of goals right then. We were thinking about moving to Singapore for a while. (laughs) And there was all the stuff about like what was going to happen with that move and, you know, all that. And that just left my head. And when I went back through all of like my, my journals and and all the stuff, it was like, Oh, (laughs) I feel so much compassion for you that, you know, you were going through all this stuff and you still managed to accomplish all these wonderful things. Um, so yeah, I think the, the review of your year is really important. All right. So I'm sure that you have a process for this, uh, life planning intention setting thing. How do you do it when uh, you sit down to plan the next year? It's honestly been changing year over year. I feel like many years ago, I used to have worksheets that I printed out and I would work through the same worksheets. It was like a report card situation where I would sort of evaluate myself in different areas of my life and see how I was doing and then use that to say, okay, now given all this, this is what I want to prioritize next year. I find that it's getting less formal as the years go on. I'm not sure if it's if it's contextual, if it's because I get bogged down in all the parenting and that was causing those years to get like that or if it's because I'm traveling this year and it will kind of come full circle when we get back. I'm not sure. Or or it could just be conceptual, it could be that this formal process is having less impact on me than just more informal like reflection and intention. I'm not sure. So I'm going to put a little pin in that and come back to like keep thinking about that in my mind. But what I did this year was just similar to what you're describing with the how the reflection is connected to the intentions. Like I went back to the reflection questions that then kind of shepherd you from the past into the future. So I worked for worked through a set of forward-facing questions that come out of the reflection questions. Like how do you want to feel next year? How do you want to evolve next year? And what does a fulfilled life look like for you? So kind of answering those questions then really led me to just start writing my narrative for the year. And it's interesting. I used to make a vision board. I mean, even last year I made a vision board out of um, – collaging magazine images, I find that the narrative is very much a a vision board with words. So that process of writing a narrative, that's relatively new for me. And that narrative has helped me sort of capture in whole, like what kind of year I want to have. That is really cool. I have, I've definitely done like the picture vision board before, but I haven't really, really written out a big narrative uh, before, but I love that idea. I, I'm with you. I like the the worksheets <laughs> that sort of direct me where to go. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think, I think we have a very similar personality type with like, what grade can I give myself mm-hmm. for 2022 and how can I get an A for 2023? Yes. And uh, I think as you get older, you realize like, that's not the most fun way to live. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can be a little bit more nuanced and... Uh, and, you know, add in some things that are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love your, mm-hmm. your idea there. Thank you. Now for our next question. What is your theme for 2023? And what do you want to be able to say by the end of the year? Okay, so I uh, have decided for this year that my theme for 2023 is bravery. You know, sometimes we, we think in terms of like a word of the year. And I want my word to be brave. I think... Um, 
historically, even though, you know, I'm a person who puts myself out there and, and all that sort of stuff, I think I can tend to shrink a little bit, especially in the face of conflict. So if I have the choice to go like the people pleasing route or to have a difficult conversation, I will usually choose to be, and I'm going to make air quotes here, <laughs> to be nice rather than to be honest or rather than to tell the truth. And if I have the choice, um, you know, I, I, I make a choice that feels safe rather than a choice that would really lead me toward growth. So I think by the end of this year, um, you know, I was thinking like, what would I like to say? I'd like to say that I asked for help when I needed it rather than just saying I was fine, um, that I asked for solitude and space when I wanted it, rather than just saying, no kids, come right on in, it's fine. <laughs> um, that I told the truth, even when it felt icky, that I stepped outside my comfort zone, that I acted too big for my britches <laughs> from time to time, <laughs> and that I spent the year feeling like I was authentically me, rather than that I was trying to put this face on the world that, um, that looked good, but felt inauthentic. So what about you? Well, I have some reflections first. Like how, where does this conflict <laughs> tend to come up for you most? Is it more in your like immediate family circle? Is it in your extended family circle? Is it in a professional context? Like where do you find yourself sort of shrinking back from conflict the most? I feel like it's everywhere. It's funny because I, you know, certainly in my family, I notice it that it's, you know, it's, you don't want to have an argument. You don't want to, you don't want anyone else to feel bad. You know, it's this way of like, I can control them by, you know, b being the person who always, you know, takes whatever and, and then they'll be happy and it doesn't matter how I feel. Um, but even things, I teach singing lessons and I'll notice sometimes with my students, it, not saying things because I want them to think I'm a nice teacher or, you know, it, it just, it comes up so often that, you know, it's, it's, I just, it, I want to control everyone's perception of me and I'm afraid that anyone would have a problem with me ever. And so it's just, it, it's this, this desire to be nice, which I just think, you know, it started out probably as like a good thing <laughs> and just can get pathological. And so, um, yeah, so I feel like that's the biggest place where I need bravery, but with other things too, you know, there are, there are activities that I think I'd like to try, but I'm afraid I won't be good at them. And so I don't try them. And so just uh, this year, I'm really trying to notice that place where I want to stop and where, you know, I have an impulse to do something and I freeze and I do something else and just instead exploring going with that. What if I did say that thing? And what if that person did for a second think, wow, she's not being very nice today. <laughs> the world would not end. Um, and so, yeah, so it's taken me 46 years, but I'm going to experiment <laughs> with being brave and not people pleasing quite so much. Have you read any books so far that have helped you? Because I think what you're naming is something that a lot of women struggle with because it really is part of our socialization in our culture of like what it means to be a woman. Yeah, for sure it is. Um, I haven't found any books that are fabulous, but someone who talks about this a lot, who I think is really fantastic. Um, if you haven't found her work, there's a lady um, by the name of Carl Lowenthal. And um, I'm not sure um, what, the, um, <laughs> what the language requirements are on your podcast. So I'm not gonna say what her podcast is actually called, but it is called Un, and then there's um, a curse word that starts with an F, um, your brain. And she teaches about thinking thoughts on purpose, choosing what you wanna think, that we've all been socialized a certain way as women in a way that has kind of messed us up. And um, so she has lots to say on people pleasing that I think is really good. So if you're looking for more resources there, the podcast is fantastic um, in just generally changing your mind. And uh, yeah. So she would have some resources there. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. So what about you? What would you like to say at the end of the year? Okay. I apologize in advance. Mine is long, a lot longer. So here we go. My theme for the year is from the inside out. And this is a little preface before I even start to read my long narrative. I'm just really thinking about 
this notion of these concentric circles and how to get the core solid before moving outward because I feel like I've spent a lot of time focusing on the outer layers and I'm really wanting to go to the nucleus and radiate out from there and not let myself get far out before that core is really strong. So here we go. We are in a new stage as a family. Henry is heading into adolescence. Tate is heading into the last half of his childhood at home, and I'm heading into perimenopause. So to support flourishing in this stage, I've, and I'm writing this in past tense, so I can, when I get to the end of the year, this is what I've said about the year. I focused on myself first. Toward that end, I got adequate sleep. I nourished my body with wholesome food and proper hydration and used Noom to help me keep track. I walked nearly every day. I swam laps regularly. I read at least one nonfiction book a month and always had a fiction book going. I expressed my creativity in myriad ways. I stretched for five minutes nearly every day. So that's my inner, my most inner circle is getting all of that bucket filled so that I then have the capacity to go to my next level, which is I focused on my relationship with Matt second to make sure that he felt loved and appreciated every single day and so that we created a harmonious foundation for our family. I ensured that more positive than negative words came out of my mouth. I fully stopped what I'm doing to interact with him. I offered up plenty of positive touch. Then my circle widened for my children. I want Henry I wanted Henry to feel like I understood him and am working my butt off to help him. So toward that end, I sought out his feelings with empathy and validation, offered up the attention he needs when he needs it, fueled his body and mind with good foods, nourished his system with supplements, worked with a parenting coach again, sought out medication to balance his system, offered different sensory strategies, worked through the brain balance program, and connected him with a therapist. And then I wanted Tate to feel like he got plenty of time and attention from me as well. So toward that end, I helped him settle into a great school year in the fall of 2023, foster his friendships, lean into his creativity, and continue to grow with the support of a therapist. And all of that came first. My family is my inner circle. I first prioritized time for them. Then my attention and effort and focus could widen outward from there. So 2023 was my year to put down roots and settle in for the second half of our family life. We are fully settled into our beautiful home. It lifts my soul on a daily basis. We have set up our home in a way that nourishes our creativity and our connection. There's always something fun and engaging to do. When we are home, we are building, designing, and learning and connecting. We have a wonderful community that feels like a warm quilt on a cold night, and we serve the broader community on a regular basis, and my work brings me community and a sense of serving the world with passion. I feel like I'm using my 40s to savor everything I built in my 20s and 30s. The end. I love that. Oh my gosh. I was thinking as you were talking about what you were hoping for the kids, I was thinking, gosh, I'm glad she has a whole year to do this because it sounded like such a big list. But um, but yeah, I love it. And that that you've gotten it straight that like if, if you don't take care of yourself first, there's no way that you would have the energy or the capacity to do any of that stuff. So I think it's it's so smart the way that you that you set it up for yourself, that yes, I'll, I'll get myself settled, then take care of my relationship with my husband, which let's face it, so often um, those of us who are mothers, it's like the kids, the kids, the kids, they have so many needs, we have to take care of the kids. But if you don't have that foundation with your spouse of the family, um, it, it can be really hard <laughs> to um, even, again, have energy or bandwidth or mental space to, um, you know, to take care of your family too. And then we've got all this other amazing stuff that we want to do in the world. So um, I, I love the way that you've set that up for yourself. And it sounds like 2023 is going to be a good one. Yeah, I feel like my normal way of prioritizing around that set, that list, I mean, because that's like a comprehensive list of normally everything, all the kinds of things I do. But it's normally like I focus on myself first, but not necessarily 
the basic habits that create a really healthy foundation in myself. I'll create, I'll prioritize myself in terms of like, well, I'm going to give the boys screen time so that I can go work on this cool project, this thing I've been wanting to put out into the world. So I'm normally prioritizing myself, but not necessarily in the right ways, especially as I head into perimenopause. It's like my body needs me to treat it in really um, supportive ways. So there's that. And then and then I normally ping straight to the, I'm going to build community. We're going to volunteer as a family. I'm going to set up our house in a really cool way. I ping out to that really far outside stuff. Then I go to my children and their various needs. And then my husband is is very last. And then like by my making that relationship last, it actually undermines the overall family because if there's stress between us – like it unravels everything. So I'm excited about this. Like even as I got to that end, I was like all this end stuff might just like get cut off this like prioritizing our home and prioritizing volunteering and prioritizing our community. I'm like if, if we don't get this top stuff straight, all this hard stuff and get it straight, then like I really don't even want to go into those outer layers. So hopefully I have that orientation, but it's kind of like when you have a to-do list and you always want to just do the, your favorite thing on it. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm forced ranking. I'm like, no, I've got to do this stuff first before I can um, go to this, go to this stuff. And I've been, I've been doing that as a, a little side trick. Like there are certain things that I'm like, before I get on social media today, this has to be done. <laughs> And like using that as an incentive system for myself. Um, so hopefully I can keep that prioritization this year. All right. Well, how did you think about your year in terms of doing versus being? So as I said earlier, I am a recovering perfectionist <laughs> and I tend toward, um, as I'm setting goals for myself, setting like rigid outcome sort of goals. Like I have an idea for what I want to happen. And then I really tend to like beat myself up about life not turning out according to my plans. Um, and, and as I mentioned, I can sort of, I've grown enough that I can sort of say, well, there are some extenuating circumstances as to why this didn't happen. Um, but it still really bugs me that like I've, a plan should be like actually what the universe just does. <laughs> And I, I feel like I, my whole life has been about trying to learn the lesson that that is not the case. You don't just get to like write an order for the universe and um, get it back. <laughs> um, so in recent years, I sort of tried to shift my goals to process ones rather than outcome ones. So then it really becomes impossible to fail um, because if I say I'm going to write for 25 minutes every day and I do that or even most days, um, then that's, I, I win. Um, even if I don't publish the 50 blog posts that I wanted to publish over the year. Um, and so I'd like to really think, um, about the person that I want to be, and then think about what the little things are that she does every day, rather than the list of accomplishments that she'll have at the end of the year. Um, it's been a, a small change in just sort of like language but it's felt very significant for me because it, it holds me accountable, which I like to do, <laughs> but it leaves a little bit of room for magic. Um, and and it, it keeps me from feeling like, well, you know, you wrote 30 blog posts this year instead of 50, so you failed, <laughs> which, you know, I, I'm always going to go toward the, the negative and where I didn't, it wasn't perfect. My follow-up question is, do you feel like you pick the right set of things that are aligned with what you really have to work on? And I, I ask this question because I think like you've, you've said you're a recovering perfectionist, for example, and I don't know to, to what extent, like is that still really something that you are struggling with in your life and trying to address and like for example if that is something that's still really big and present and that's some it's something that's so hard to set quantifiable goals around even process oriented goals 
But it's like, but what if that's the thing you really need to work on versus like holding yourself to this self-discipline of like, well, I'm going to write every day or I'm going to exercise every day. Like, I don't know. It's just a question that's that's in my mind. And I have the same question. I listen to lots of other podcasts of women our age setting the same kinds of intentions. And, you know, one woman is like, well, I'm going to read every classic every classic book. And I'm like, is that real? Is that really the number one thing that is going to open up your life to, um, really to be a, a, a person, person who's flourishing. So just a question I have, not a judgment, just a question. Um, as I yeah. think about this for myself, I think it's really hard and I struggle with it too. And, and I think there's part of me that, that fears like, well, if I don't say I'm going to do this thing, maybe I'll do nothing. Like, <laughs> and I think it's, it's sort of learning to trust myself that, you know, I do have a heart that wants to create things. I do, um, you know, have, have a standard of excellence that's going to be there all the time. And that if I let it be a little bit more nebulous, it's not like things don't ever come up, but, but a really good example I think was, um, the Spartan race that I just did, I, it's, it was way out of my comfort zone. It's not something that I would want to do. And I didn't feel like I had properly trained for it. Um, because I hadn't worked on like grip strength and, you know, I hadn't been practicing going across monkey bars and climbing under barbed wire and all this kind of stuff, but I do exercise pretty much every morning. I do take 10,000 steps every day. Sometimes I run with the kids. And so when the time came, I did it and I was like totally shocked that I was able to just kind of do this thing and it wasn't as hard as what I expected. But it, it wasn't that I hadn't been training at all. It wasn't that I hadn't been working toward this goal at all, even though I didn't really know that that was the goal that it was. I was doing the behaviors that somebody who runs a Spartan race would do as just part of their identity. And then it, it worked out okay. It wasn't perfect, but it was way better than what I was expecting. And so I think that's sort of where my brain is going, that it doesn't have to be that I'm going to do this specific thing. I'm going to do these behaviors. And then it's almost impossible to not be successful if you're doing that stuff all the time, even if you're not exactly 100% sure what direction you're pointed. So that's the new thing I'm trying. <laughs> we'll see. I can't wait to hear how it goes for you. What about you? How do you think about your year in terms of doing versus being? I always start with the doing. I'm like, <laughs> and it's so funny because I actually am a very vision-oriented person, but I jump so fast to what are the actions that are connected yeah. to that vision. Mm -hmm. And so even when it was clear that my, the emotional health of my family was going to be a big priority for me as I was going through this process, I started immediately thinking about what do I want to do in order to support the emotional health of our family. Mm -hmm. But when I noticed I was just jumping to the do first, I backed up and articulated how I wanted them to feel. Because I think that is the most important thing is like not getting bogged down in these specific actions but remembering like why I'm doing these actions and what I want them to feel so that I use that as my guiding premise even when that the specific actions might need to change yeah. and that might help me because I can I can tend to be pretty rigid in my application of things especially when I've set out a goal to do it and so making sure like it's about emotional health of our family. And so that might mean not doing this thing or not doing this thing one day. And, and that's right. actually gonna help us prioritize connection over the thing itself. Well, I love that idea of like starting with why. And then if you know why you're doing everything, then the, the actions that you need to do are obvious. Yeah. Yeah, and and the actions can change can change mm -hmm. because the why the as the why just shines brighter and helps you see more clearly what you're trying to do. Um, but even but even then, I started delineating what I could do in order to help them feel those things. And I think part of it is just really a desire for concreteness, like just saying that I want to be 
more open or more empathetic kind of feels empty to me. And this is this is what I was trying to get at with the earlier question too, is like I think the things that are the most important to actually work on evolving in ourselves are the things that are the hardest to set intentions around. And so then we kind of stray away from doing it and then our attention goes to these other things. Um, so I find myself starting to articulate what I'm going to do in order to embody those ways of being, but I don't want to lose sight of like the way of being is actually the thing that matters the most. Um, so, and also like, even though I feel like my list of intentions is still, still oriented toward doing rather than being, I feel like I'm not orienting myself in this year in particular, I'm not orienting myself toward accomplishments like books or projects, like I'm orienting myself towards the strength of my relationships and the strength of our family. So that feels like some progress in my life in terms of a focus on being rather than doing. Yes. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm so, I hope I get to talk to you at this time next year and see how it I know. Goes. We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do a bonus episode so we can close <laughs> it out together. And for a final question on today's topic, what are some of the practices or habits that you're going to put into place to ensure that you end the year where you want to? So I've got an enormous list. Um, the best version of me has loads of stuff that she does every day. Um, and I have a list of tasks that I do, obviously, because um, we're, we're both sort of doing oriented. Um, I've got the tasks that I do, but I've also got, I'm really focusing on thoughts that I want to think on purpose um, rather than just sort of going with the first thing that pops up. Um, and spoiler alert, I'm going to share how I manage all of that in my tips and tricks that are coming up in a minute. Um, but one thing that's been really transformative for me in the last um, year or so has been starting to add habits that are designed to add a little bit more fun into my life. Um, not just making it be things that I should do or um, things will sound really good when I share them on this podcast, <laughs> but just things, you know, I, I feel like for so much of my life, it's been concerned about like, how can I get an A in life and what do I need to do to do all the right things? Um, and so I've added things recently. I added a daily dance party, like on my daily to do list. And so if I get to the, because I'm like, I need a streak, I need to complete it. Um, if I haven't already, then when the kids and I are brushing our teeth at night, we put on music and sometimes that's my second or third dance party of the day. But even it's just funny, like the little, the switch that happens in your brain where music comes on and there's a part of me that feels like I kind of want to boogie to it. And then there's the part of me that's like, oh, that'll look stupid or, you know, whatever. And to just have that is like, nope, you said you were going to do a dance party every day. You got to do it. Um, it's just made it so fun and silly. And it's, it's not, it wouldn't be my first instinct. Um, mm -hmm. So in addition to that, I'm adding one solo date with myself every week. I love to be alone. Um, I love my family, but they're around all the time. We homeschool. My husband works from home. Um, I work from home. And we are literally together pretty much every hour of the day. And so I want to have not only the solo trips, because that's going to happen again, believe me, because that was awesome, <laughs> but just to go to like Barnes and Noble for an hour by myself and sit and read books, which I loved to do when I was single and I don't do anymore, um, or just to drive someplace in my car by myself, which I always loved, just to look at scenery or play some good music with the windows down, like those kind of things. Um, I'm adding that to the list of habits because I want to be sure that there's more room for just fun and joy um, rather than just like stuff I got to do. When are you, are you setting a specific day and time so it will be recurring or will you have to set it each week? I think I'm going to have to set it each week, but that makes me nervous because if it doesn't happen you know at the same time every week then it's really easy to just go oh whoops i didn't do it i forgot about it so i'm still working out how i'm going to make sure that it happens um you know if i've gotten to sunday and it hasn't happened yet but my husband's on a business trip like then what do i do <laughs> so um yeah. yeah i i you're right i have some work i need to do in terms of like 
holding myself accountable for actually making sure that it always happens. And maybe it's just setting down every Sunday night, looking at the week and saying, now that I know what this week is going to look like, sort of, when is it going to go? Because I feel like this is one of the things about like helping to make something happen is like, if you have to think about it every single week, you're going to decrease. Like if, if, yeah. if, so, if you say, I'm going to exercise three times a week, but then every week you have to decide which are those three days and what time are you going to go? It's like, you just decrease the likelihood that it's going to happen. I wonder if you Good could point. have like a default. I love that Erica um, from the girl next door podcast just has a recurring, she does it at night. Like she skips dinner and bedtime. And her partner just covers that. And like, I love, love that she's just like, peace out. Like, I'm not yeah. going to do the hardest, one of the hardest times of the day. And sometimes so she just goes in her, like she, she often just goes in her room and like she locks the door and like has yeah. food in there with her. Um, oh, I wonder if you could easy. have a default time and, yeah. and even, or, and even like a backup time, like here's the default time. If that doesn't work, here's the backup time. I think and that that's maybe really between those two, you could like get it pretty straightened out without having every week to set it as Just an appointment. Like, hmm. Yeah, you're right. That does make it sound sort of hard. <laughs> I like that idea. What about you? What are you going to uh, to be doing this uh, this year? Habits, practices, that sort of thing. I'm going to continue the practice that I started last year of rereading my narrative throughout the year and highlighting each section with green, red, or yellow to help me. So I'm going to need a lot of help staying focused on mm -hmm. the inner circle because I know I'm going to want to be designing our house and volunteering in the community and like doing all the external stuff. So I'm going to have to really rein myself back in. So I think going back to that list and you know, am I working on a next step with my children related to helping to solve mm -hmm. some of these issues that we're having? And am I prioritizing that? Like, I think that's going to be really important. And then I'm also going to start using the Streaks app again. I have really gone in and out. Like, I, I hate, I actually get, feel like it's really tedious when I have a set of habits that I'm trying to track myself on. And mm -hmm. um, there is, there is an, there is an, uh, Instagram ad that keeps coming up for me that is this woman who has designed these extensive like self habit tracking in Excel sheets and you're going in <laughs> and you're putting on and I, it just cracks me up so much because I see so much of my former self in that and like there's mm -hmm. a period of my life where I've been like yeah and like I would have created that myself but I also am just like I, I, I'm connecting a lot to something my therapist has shared with me which is like he worries that my self-management, like my ability, my self-discipline, my ability to direct my life, my ability to set a vision and achieve it, like that that has, is a double-edged sword and that it has both helped me build the kind of life that I want, but that right. it also traps me and puts me in somewhat of a cage. Yeah. And so I'm really trying to like parse apart. So streaks is like one of those, I'm like making sure it doesn't put me into a cage, but right. I also am wanting to, myself to reflect every day. Like how, mm -hmm. like, and, and the things I'm going to put into streaks are just like strong partnership, strong parenting, mm -hmm. 10,000 steps. So it's a mixture of like the, the, the daily habit things that I want to put into place related to my physical health, but also the like. Was I a good parent? Was I a good parent today? Was I a good partner today? And just having that tiny moment of reflection um, to, to try to help me stay on track. All right. That sounds good. Well, that's it for today's topic. Friends, we would truly love to hear how you are thinking about the upcoming year. Please send us an email or comment on one of our Instagram posts. We're always inspired by hearing about how others are being intentional about their lives. And Catherine, we hope to hear your bonus episode and hear how you're thinking about the year too. Uh, now it's time for our tips and tricks segment. Anissa, what do you want to share? Okay, so I'm super excited because as you were talking about your, um, your goals for the year, I have an app that I think you might like. Um, so it is called Heroic. And um, it is kind of a habit tracker app, but it's like habit tracker app on steroids. So what you do is you set up an identity in energy, in work, and in love. And so like my energy identity, for instance, is sparkler. Then I go through 
and I pick the virtues that I want to embody as that energy identity. So I'm vibrant, um, you know, I'm, I'm joyful, those sorts of things. And then you choose a list of tasks that you want to do that reflect that. You know, a vibrant person wants to drink, who wants to sparkle, wants to drink, you know, this much water every day, take these many steps, um, have a dance party, that sort of thing. Um, but you do this for your energy, for your work, for your love. And so if you were going to say, I want to have a strong partnership, well, if I'm a strong partner as my identity, what virtues do I want? What does that mean? Like what things do I want to embody as that? And then what things do I do? You know, I make sure I, I say more positive things than negative things you said earlier. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And then you've got your tasks. And so every morning you go in, you can do like a one tap thing that just sets it all. Or you can specifically go in and say, I'm a sparkler. I'm blah, 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 and just kind of tap it. These are the blah, 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 blah tasks that I'm going to do. And then throughout the day, you get to do like a little swipe and shoot an arrow at the tasks. <laughs> and it's really, it's, it's, I don't know, you get the little dopamine hit for doing something kind of cool. So it's a really, I, I feel like for me, it's been great to remind myself of the person that I want to be. What... I want to embody as that person. And then this is the stuff I'm going to do to back it up. And every day I get to check back in with that. Um, so that's been really huge. Um, so you might look into that one. Um, and then the other one is another app called Yap. It's Y-A-P-P. -P. And this one just gives you random reminders um, as notifications on your home screen. Um, I have turned off all notifications except for these that come from myself, but they will pop up with things like, my husband is awesome. And I have it in emojis because I feel like it would be sort of <laughs> embarrassing for people to walk by. And maybe I don't want my husband to know I, I don't always think he's awesome. But, um, you know, we've been together now like 15 years and most of the time, you know, he's, I'm sort of neutral on him. I like, he's, he's, I'm glad we're, we live together and, you know, he's, good partner. Sometimes I'm actively like thinking something not so great about him um, at that time. And just for it to pop up and go, you know what? He is awesome. This is the person I chose out of all the people in the world to be with. Here's something I really love about him to remember to think that, you know, multiple times. And so I've got like 10 things that just randomly pop up from time to time in the middle of my day and just remind me like, oh yeah, this is what I want to be focused on. This is what I want to be thinking. Not that garbage thought I was thinking a minute ago. <laughs> so I think um, those of you looking for, for new apps for the new year, Heroic and Yap are two good ones. I love that uh, they're, both of them are shifting kind of, or linking the doing and the being or yes. kind of emphasizing that, that aspect of being and who you are and what you want to think. I love that. Mm -hmm. So true. And also like harnessing that like dopamine hit of fun, like, ooh, I got a notification. Ooh, I want to get to tap something. Um, harnessing that sort of like thing that could be negative about our phones and our tablets and bringing it for, for good. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What are your tips and tricks for this week? I'm about to finish reading The Wild and Free Family book. And this is written by a homeschooling mom. And I've just gotten so into the homeschooling movement and the way of thinking about your family, even though homeschooling is not for us, the living, I still want to live a homeschool life even while our children are in school. And so yes. this book is really helpful in grounding me to think about like what kind of family culture do we want to have and what is our purpose together as a family? And I had never really thought about that. And that question came at such a good time because I want to have this renewed focus on my family. And so thinking about what is our purpose together in the second half of our time at home together. So it came at a good time and I've appreciated listening to the book. I love that. I have not read that one. So now I'm going to have to add it to my list. All right. Now let's close out our episode with Facing Forward. Anissa, since we know that living the life we want really comes down to smaller next steps, which you are the queen of, what do you <laughs> want to make true for yourself in the next two weeks? Well, I've got some, some boring, like just head down kind of work to, I shouldn't say it's boring. 
I've got some focused head down work to do. Uh, I'm doing a presentation on minimalist homeschooling um, for a homeschool summit that's coming up and I have like this week to get that done. So um, I am gonna be really focused work-wise on that. Um, and I also have committed to more regular, like we, I would love weekly, I don't know if weekly is gonna happen, but uh, to more regular date nights with my husband this year. Our kids are a little bit bigger it's easier for them um, to be left with somebody. And um, so I need to do just the legwork for that of like finding a sitter that could come every week at the same time. I think we are just gonna like put it on as she comes every week. And if um, my husband's out of town, then maybe I just use that as my night out by myself. <laughs> but um, gotta find a regular sitter, gotta see what we might do. We're leaning toward ballroom dance lessons because we oh, had done wow. that. It was so fun. We did that back before we had kids. In fact, we only stopped because my belly was so large uh, with my first child <laughs> that Aww. we couldn't dance to get there anymore. Um, but yeah, so we're looking for what we can do for that. So I really want to get that solidified in the next couple of weeks so that we get lots of dates in in 2023. What about you? Well, in the last two weeks, I said that I wanted to enjoy our last week in the hinterlands of Australia, which we did, and I needed to finalize the plans for our New Zealand road trip, which I did. And then in the next two weeks, I'd been really wanting to live into my intentions. This We're recording this before the new year, and so I've been really practicing my daily intentions, not waiting until January 1st. Like I really want to try to like practice living them out and kind of start building those habits even before the new year starts. Excellent. And are those birds, by the way, that I hear in the background there? <laughs> this is a common question with anyone who gets onto any sort of uh, phone situation with me. They're like, are those birds? Because the birds in Australia and New Zealand are amazing. They sound like, they can sound like video games, like lasers, or sometimes they sound like screaming children. It's a common refrain around here. Like, is that a child or is that a bird? Like, it's very interesting. Wow, that is, that's amazing. I have to admit, I'm a little bit envious of um, <laughs> of your situation. I'm managing, I'm imagining like all the, the green outside. I'm in Las Vegas, it is not green here. But I'm imagining all the, the beautiful green and the, the birds and everything. Oh my gosh, it, it just sounds so idyllic. <laughs> Well, that is all for this episode of So Connected. Another episode will be released in two weeks on Tuesday. And in the meantime, you can find the show notes at SoConnectedPodcast.com. You can find me, Anissa, at MamaGoesBeyond.com. And I also have a podcast uh, called The Optimized Mom. So if you're jonesing for more podcasts, you can check that one out. <laughs> You can find me, Sarah, on my blog at feedingthesoil.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we would be so grateful for your review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. See you in two weeks. Wishing you joy, purpose, and community between now and then.